What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit crazyfaceuno.com today. There, you can purchase items from our online store or donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Allie Hall. Welcome, Allie. Hi, Shane. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited. I'm excited to catch up. I know I was looking at... Shocker here. I know everybody that's continually listened to the podcast is like, hmm, I wonder where he met this gal. And uh, (laughs) yes, it's true. We met at Invisible Children and... uh, we're catching up now several years later and uh yeah I was looking at my my little cheat sheet is Facebook I was going look at the about section on Facebook and see if I can pull any good little bits off but I it feels like you were at Invisible Children way longer than like just 2012 2013 um I was only there for 2012 and 2013 but um, I feel like you were there like earlier than that. Like I, when I was in my head, I, I I thought you had been there for a while. Like you, that's a good amount of time. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I left. I left. You know, at the end of that year, so it, yeah. end of two thousand twelve. And uh, it's funny. I guess a year is an eternity at Invisible Children. Sometimes I know, especially two thousand twelve. Yeah, especially yeah, that first, year. <laughs> my first tour was Coney twenty twelve. So. Uh, eternity yeah for sure <laughs> and what what area did you tour I was New England for spring of 2012 and then Heartland which was Oklahoma Arkansas and Missouri for fall of 2012 right right yeah two very different tours <laughs> and yet probably yeah. completely different experience from when I was touring instead of working in the yeah. office um yeah, it's just crazy. I, I've had a lot of, you know, Invisible Children guests on, and it's fun to kind of, like, think back and remember, I don't know, remember those days sometimes, you know? But uh, what are you what are you up to these days? I know you're currently, right, right now, speaking to us from Washington, D.C. I am. And, uh, but what, what are you up to? to? Fill us in. Yeah, so I guess I'll say I live in Alaska. Nice. Um, I live in a little town in... Uh, kind of south central Alaska near Anchorage. It's called Seward. Um, I moved there in April and was there till October working okay. on a whale watching tour boat. Nice. So, um, and then I'm moving back in January to to be there for a few more months doing the same thing. So nice. Yeah. So it's... how <laughs> how did you find yourself in Alaska? Like um, what led you there? What was that like? Yeah. Well, it kind of started, um, honestly, Invisible Children helped a lot. I really wanted to go to all 50 states before I turned 30. Nice. uh, Which, spoiler, I did not accomplish. I still have one left. But um, so my family went to Alaska on vacation in summer of 2018 and went on the whale watching tour that I now work on. And I was really fortunate. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, it was awesome. We saw whales. I cried. Um, (laughs) I I was really lucky to get to chat with some of the deckhands that worked on my boat and 
came back. I was living in Virginia at the time working at a tech company Yeah. and just wasn't feeling fulfilled, didn't know mm-hmm. really what I was doing there. And I, one of the deckhands that I met reached out in January and was like, hey, are you still thinking about coming and working with us? Which we hadn't really talked about that, but um, <laughs> so I applied, I got the job, I quit my job in Virginia and I moved to Alaska. Wow. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> so what is a, what is like your normal day? Like if you were like your average day working on as a, on the ship or boat or yeah. I'm not sure um, if I can, if I have the lingo down yet, Allie, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Help me boat out. Works. We're not quite a ship. We're pretty right. small. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I get there around eight in the morning. Um, I am the senior deckhand on my boat. So I do all the safety checks and check fuel levels and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're just kind of getting the boat ready, cleaning, making lunches until we board passengers around 1130. Okay. And we'll usually get around a hundred to 150 people. It's a good amount of people. Yeah. Um, you meet really cool people every day, which is really fun. I like that. Yeah, I like that it's just a new group of people every mm-hmm. single tour. Be out for about six hours. We go to a glacier and then come back and then usually spot whales, sea lions, harbor seals along nice. the way. Stop, check that out. Um, and then we get back, we clean the boat, and then I usually go to the harbor bar for a beer. So it's a pretty standard day. Man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like It's really fun. That sounds so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I... Man, I, I, I love that. I love that you left, like, a, you said it was an IT, like, a tech company or whatever. Yeah. And you went, and now you're just, you're hanging with the, hanging <laughs> with the whales, hanging with the sea life. That's awesome. Has the novelty worn off? Um, no. No. I don't every imagine time. it would, but <laughs> it seems Yeah, pretty. every time we see a whale, it's, it's definitely exciting. There's certain things that, you know, making lunch every morning, I could, you know, I could do, do without. It now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it never be everything that's out there. Do you feel like, you know, you weren't feeling fulfilled or you weren't happy with where, you know, things were at with the tech company that you were working for? And do you feel better now? Do you feel like you found something you were, like, looking for? Um, Absolutely. I, I feel like it's a job where I'm a lot more physically challenged, which yeah. I think was something that I didn't realize I was looking for until I found it. And it's it's engaging with people potentially at one of the coolest moments of their lives. Yeah, A lot of people will come on our boats and seeing a whale is on their bucket list. It's something right. they've wanted to do. Um, one of my favorite people that I talked to was a woman in her 80s, and she was checking things off of her bucket list, and she'd never seen a whale before. And we almost got back to harbor without seeing anything. And then at the last second, we saw this humpback. Oh, and this wow. woman just burst into tears. She was like, this was potentially my only chance to ever do this. And I got to do it. And oh. it's it's very rewarding. It's, yeah. a, it's a very rewarding job. I love that. That's awesome. That's so cool. What, <laughs> um, what Are there like any memories or thoughts so far? How long have you been doing this? A year now? Um, yeah, about about a year. I was out there yeah. from April to October. So. so for this first little stint that you've done, like, what are some of your favorite memories? I mean, that's obviously one that you just told us. but Yeah. Um, I think there was one day, this will always, I think, stand out as one of my favorite whale sightings. 
um, we saw a pod of orca and killed the engine, stopped the boat. And one of the orca kind of moseyed up to us on Mm -hmm. his side. Like he was playing, he was curious. He was trying to figure out like what was going on. And as he surfaced, he made a noise. So I actually got to hear the orca noise. And that like, I was so overwhelmed. That was one of the coolest moments. Yeah. Um, But it, it truly never gets old. Like anytime we see something, it's, it's spectacular. So, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Does, um, what's like, what's it like in Alaska? I mean, that's a area that not a lot of people have been. Surprisingly, <laughs> there's been a few of my guests that have spent some time in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's what's the area of Alaska like for you? Like, what's I know like daylight is a whole nother thing there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I I live in a town called Seward. It's right on the Pacific, and mm-hmm. it's pretty mild um, compared to the rest of Alaska. Yeah. In the summer, we'll have sunlight from three in the morning to midnight, so it's always light. It's yeah. very. It feels very safe. It's a comfortable place. Um, the entire town is only about two miles long, so you can walk nice. everywhere, which is so nice. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the community there is wonderful um the town is about 1500 people year round and then about 8,000 in the summer so all the seasonal workers come in and um I'm really excited to go back and see the people that I met last summer so yeah yeah. that's awesome that's so cool I like I'm kind of envious of like this experience (laughs) I need to like come visit and go out on your boat and yeah i tell everybody come visit i'll take you out on my boat show you some whales what have you what are what have you learned about like whales you know the sea life have you learned a lot oh definitely um i've learned a lot about just whale societies and how they interact with each other and how brilliant they are Mm. um especially orca just the the hierarchy of the families and the way that they come together and split up and um, the relationships and languages that they have is yeah. is incredible. They're so smart. So I think that's been a really it's been really cool to to get a new perspective on whales because I don't I don't think it's really that known just how brilliant they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a not talked about a lot. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, and but that's one of the big like talks with you know just the the reasons that some of the entertainment that we have with sea life is Mm -hmm. questionable because of how smart (laughs) smart and brilliant and their family structure and some of those different things. So yeah, it's a, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been a really cool conversation that I've had with a lot of our passengers is, Mm -hmm. you know, what's wrong with the sea life entertainment um, and why, there's so many issues and why like these animals need to be protected in a better way. Yeah. It's been cool to be able to have those conversations as well. Yeah, for sure. I I can imagine. Is it mostly, uh, I'm assuming it's tourists or visitors or, you know, like Mm -hmm. what is it very much the vibe of your town or your little city or your little, little (laughs) spot, little town, I guess is what you would say. Yeah, definitely tourists primarily. Um, we'll get a lot of photographers that come out, mm. nature photographers, um, birders. We have a lot of really cool birds in the area. So nice. people who are trying to 
see different species will come out. But it is definitely mostly tourists. We get a lot of cruise ships and stuff too. So. Sure. Yeah. I never thought about that. Neat. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So what um, you were in Virginia, you said, before mm-hmm. then, before you uh, moved up to Alaska. You're working for a tech company. Um, <laughs> is that what you did right after Invisible Children? Um, I did move to Virginia right after Invisible Children. Um, is that where you're from? Jamie Cass. Uh, no, I'm not. Actually, I'm from Southern Illinois. Okay. What part? Yeah. Um, Heron, Illinois. It's Heron. near Carbondale. Okay. Kind of like halfway between St. Louis and Nashville. Okay. In the middle I, of nowhere. I lived in uh, Charleston, Illinois. Okay. So like yeah. Effingham, Mattoon, that area yeah. for a bit. So I don't. I know the name that you just said, but I don't yeah. really know where that's at. I've never visited there. Yeah. yeah. All the way at the bottom. Yeah. Down in the woods. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's a beautiful place. I feel like nobody really, people just think corn, but we have cliffs and rivers and mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. There is some nice like nature. Uh, that was uh, something growing up. My, my family always did like starve rock, uh, you know, like that area. <laughs> um, I don't know. We would always like going out and hiking and walking around in the trails with my mom and hanging out in the, in the woods or I don't know, whatever. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it was fun. I, I can see that. I always say that with Indiana though. Like people are like, I've never been to Indiana. I'm like, well, you're not really missing out on much. You know, it's mostly (laughs) cornfields. It's, it's kind of true. There is a lot of cornfields in in Indiana, Illinois, you know, Ohio, whatever, but. It's a, it has its pros. It has its cons. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, (laughs) anyone listening should Google Garden of the Gods, Illinois, Mm. and just see how spectacular it is. It is. It is breathtaking. I believe I've been there as well. But yeah, Google that. I'm going to write it down. Just. (laughs) I think I have been there though. We went, we would, we would go, did you, because there's a bunch of different like caves down in that area too, right? Mm -hmm. We would go down in that. Yeah. We would go down in that area and and like go to the different caves and go to those like different nature areas and walk around. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful. And there's a lot of rock climbing, which is a thing I'm pretty into. So yeah, that's nice too. yeah. Is there much right rock climbing in Alaska? Um, there is actually. Yeah. So it's a different type of rock climbing. Sure. I feel like it's a lot. I think it's a lot harder personally, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's some really good climbing out there as well. Nice. Yeah. So I kind of cut you off, I guess. Uh, no, you're fine. After Invisible Children, what was what was next? You moved to Virginia, you said. Yeah. So Sammy Casson, a fellow IC alum, mm-hmm. um, is from this area, and I didn't really know what to do with myself after Invisible Children. And she needed a roommate. She worked at a cool T-shirt printing company. Cool. Um, and so she helped me get a job and then we got an apartment and I lived here for about, uh, five and a half, six years before I moved to Alaska. So I did that for a couple of years, worked at that t-shirt company Mm -hmm. and then, um, switched to my job at the the tech company Yeah, and worked there for a few years. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Sammy, I haven't, uh, haven't seen her talk to her in a while either. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like it's, you kind of live vicariously through it. You mentioned it even like after Invisible Children, you're like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself either. <laughs> I was like, I knew that it was just time for me to go. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I felt that that was time I was reaching that 
burnout point, I feel like. And I just wanted to leave before, like, with a positive, you know, like, positive place and, and not, like, feel so negatively about something, you know, just because I was burnt out and because I wasn't taking care of myself and, you know, but you yeah. leave such a unique environment at Invisible Children and then you like go into the world and you're like, okay, <laughs> here I am. And then you're like <laughs> quickly humbled and brought back yeah. down to earth after that experience. And you're like, okay, cool. So this is it, huh? Yep. All right. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. And but it's fun cuz you get to live, I don't know, like you see people even now, like people all around the country. Um I, I that's why I love interviewing and like talking to ICers, you know, people from Invisible Children is because everybody's out doing their own thing and they're all around the country. We're all we're spread out everywhere around the world, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's doing different things. There we've all had this like common bond this common experience for the most part we're we're a lot of us are really you know like-minded and what we care about and the things that are important to us and so it's just really interesting to see where people are at now and kind of how they've taken the lessons and the life lessons from visible children and turn those into who they are today you know because i you can't go through those doors without having like just changing and being changed, you know, like it's, it, you learn so much about yourself, about the world, uh, when you walk through those doors at Invisible Children. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think it's been so interesting to continue getting to know people from Invisible Children in their real lives. Mm. Um, and yeah. I've, I've been really lucky that I've, I've stayed in pretty close contact with a lot of people from yeah. that period. And, um, you know, even seeing people six years later and just sitting down and it's, there's such a familiarity there yeah. because of that shared experience. And yep. it's, it's been so great to get to see what everyone has done and to, to reconnect and. Yeah. It's yeah. even like us having this conversation, like it doesn't feel like you and I, we weren't necessarily like we weren't like best friend, you know, like we weren't, right. we didn't like talk a lot at invisible children necessarily, you know, like right. it wasn't like we had a bunch of conversations, but I don't, I don't know. I think that there's something about going through something hard. It's that vulnerable. We were all so vulnerable. We saw each other at our best and we saw each other at our worst. And, uh, you can go into that conversation regardless of how long it's been or how close you are and still have that common bond and just be like, it's okay. It, there's safety there, right? Yeah. There's this like feeling of like, ah, I feel safe talking to you because yeah. you, you get it, <laughs> you know? And, and there's so many people that don't, it's really hard to explain um, and to talk about the experiences that you've had and, and gone through and the things that you've been a part of at Invisible Children with people that haven't gone through that. It's, it's unique and um, yeah. it's really hard to explain. I, I feel at least I, I've tried many times and my wife, I think, <laughs> starting to to kind of catch on, you know, but mm-hmm. she's, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to like really understand. Yeah. And I think one of the most frustrating things for me leaving Invisible Children was the fact that nobody understood. Yeah. Um, 100%. And, yeah. And especially coming off of a really difficult mm-hmm. period of that organization, I remember just trying to 
explain the emotion and the intensity and the, yeah. the, the highs and the lows to my parents and just feeling this weird frustration of not being able to, to articulate like yeah. what I was feeling and make them understand because I think coming out of it, I just wanted it to be understood so badly because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to process it. And I was, I felt nostalgic and <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I just didn't know how to put it into words. And so I just still I don't know if I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like it's hard still, but like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm right there with you. And so I think having those people that were were there for it and experienced it, mm-hmm. even though they experienced it in their own way, yeah, they at least understand the emotion that that ran through that time. So having those relationships is important to me because of that familiarity. So yeah. Um, well, and and like the we've talked about it on the podcast. So if, if you're just tuning in and this is the first you know podcast you're listening to both of us, we worked at invisible children. It's a nonprofit. Um, and we went through, I don't know if people are listening or familiar with Coney 2012. You can Google it. There's some stuff out there, but um, it was a really hard time for our organization. It was something that we were thrust onto the spotlight and kind of, just attacked eventually you know it kind of flipped right. on us we went from this beloved organization to to the most misunderstood organization and with a viral video that <laughs> changed <laughs> the the landscape of you know um, that world for sure and yeah. I think what was so hard is like going through such a hard thing, but also being so proud of what you were doing and, and like the, the grit that it took to push through and persevere and to, to never like really waver in what we were there to do. You know, like we trusted each other. I trusted uh, people around us, you know, we, we trusted our leadership and such integrity, such like pride in being able to, to go through that with the people that we were able to go through with even though it was hard. <laughs> yeah. So, well, Ali, let's throw it back. Let's go all the way back to childhood and <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get off the invisible children kick. Cause we could talk about that probably for <laughs> hours and days. Yes, um, but uh, yeah, if we're, if we're to go back to childhood and kind of think about that, how would you describe your childhood? What was, what was your childhood like for you? I mean, I had a very good childhood. Um, I was really lucky in the parents that I have. Um, and I think that's been yeah. proven over and over and over again, over especially the last couple of years, just the conversations that we've had. And um, we disagree on a lot of things. Sure. And, but they are like, I've never felt like I'm not loved and, mm. and valued and welcomed. And I think... Um, you know, looking back at my childhood, I see where that came from. Um, yeah, I was, I, I mean, I was raised really religiously. I went to sure. church every Sunday. I went to church camp every summer. Yeah. Um, my parents are still actively very religious, very, very um, active in their church. And so I think that that is one of the things that kind of stands out most to me yeah. about my my childhood. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, I grew up as a pastor's kid grew up in mm-hmm. the evangelical christian church and yep. <laughs> uh, you know so i i get it i understand yeah. and it's i feel the same way you know my mom is is the one that you know for a long time i just didn't want to 
hurt her, you know? Like, I didn't want to tell her, and it's out there now. She knows. Hi, Mom. I love you. And, uh, (laughs) like, I just, I don't, you know, I don't call myself a Christian anymore. I don't, that's not something that's a part of my life. And, um, you know, that's difficult to say sometimes just because it has, I have so many friends still in that community, you know, and still, you know, that, and, and I'm cool with that. Like, I don't, that's fine. But like, I'm going to believe what I want to believe, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of, in charge of, I guess, maybe is the right word of like my own life. And, um, yeah, but I've always felt the same way. And and my mom, you know, she continues to reiterate that of being like, it's okay. I still love you, you know? And, uh, that was, you know, it's never a question. I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's still a part of your life or not, but, um, it was never a question for me of whether she was going to love me, but you just didn't want to hurt your family, you know? Right. But yeah. So you grew up in a conservative Christian home and, I did. um, what were, what were some of your interests? Like what, what were the things that you were involved in as a child? Were you like outdoorsy athletics, music, nature, movies? <laughs> Yeah, all of the above. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was a, I was a shy kid. I would say I was, I was almost painfully shy at some points in my life, and I, I had my few best friends, and I was good. I didn't need anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definition bookworm. I always carried a bag with me just so I could carry at least two or three books with me. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was the number one accelerated reader every year. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I was really academic. I I think I knew from, I mean, as early as first or second grade that I did not want to stay in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, the way out was college. So nice. um, I was pretty academically driven as a kid. And um, I was a swimmer. I swam competitively year round. And I, nice. I think I needed that structure and having someone, you know, tell me what to do and what, what stroke and what distance and all of that so yeah I really thrived kind of in that team and that's where I really I think started to blossom was getting older with the swim team and just having that, those friends and that level of comfort of being part of that team yeah um swimming is a tough sport it yes I, I'm really short so I'm already at a disadvantage yeah, when sure. I'm swimming but um yeah I I like I'm I was a wrestling coach as a wrestler growing up and like next to wrestling, like swimming is one of those that's like, they work so hard. Swimmers yeah. are like the, the practice you guys just practice and the yeah. things that you have to go through to get to where you want to be and to, to be competitive is intense. Yeah. It's a it, grueling it is. sport. And you know, you swim, you have practice every day during the week and then you have meets every weekend. So it's, mm-hmm. it's your whole life. And Yep. Uh, my brother and sister and I all swam, so that oh, cool. was my family's. That was what we did. We yeah. were a swimming family. Is that how you got introduced to swimming? Then, as your brother and sister? Um, I don't. Kind of. Um, yeah. they're both younger than me, so. Oh, okay. So you led the started, way. Um. Yeah, I guess we kind of all started swimming at the same time. Nice. So, I don't even remember how we got into it. I was too young, but. Um. I just, yeah, I just remember we were, we were swimmers. That's what we did. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. What was, do you have a favorite book like growing up? Do you remember, was there like one that you loved? Oh, yes. So The Phantom <laughs> Tollbooth by Norton Juster 
I have read that book so many times that the cover fell off. Um, <laughs> it was it was just the most magical, clever book I'd ever read. Um, and I've even reread it as an adult. And there's so many th- things that I miss. There's so much wordplay. Yeah. And it's just, it's so it's just so clever. Um, I love that. I love lo- and I loved the adventure of it. I loved, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but I love the transformation of the main character. And um, cool. it was definitely. That that was the book that I always had with me. I have I have it written down. I have to check that out. I'm <laughs> it's so good. Pull back it's to just the, such a cute book. I love it. I love it. What yeah. about now? Do you have any like favorite books like now as an adult? Um, I yes. Uh, I recently read Americana, which was okay. beautiful, beautifully done. Um, and there's an author, Miranda July. She's so weird, but I love everything that she's written. <laughs> Um, I'm currently reading a book by her called um, It Finds You, and okay. it's she just read um, advertisements in a penny saver and went and met the people who were selling random things, asked them their stories, got to know them, and then took photos and just created this book of stories. That's so cool. Of total strangers. Yeah. So it it's really it's interesting her perspective is so it's so odd and so different from mine but she's very interesting cool and it's yeah. amanda july um miranda july miranda yeah. mm-hmm. i'm like writing these down i gotta, gotta <laughs> check them out i'm more of a non-fiction kind of person but yeah the this gal sounds really interesting and that book sounds yeah. really cool so yeah check that it's out it's really cool uh what did you say you wanted to be when you grew up Ooh, um, I either wanted to be a librarian or a storm chaser. Nice. Those were my two dreams. <laughs> oh, see, I love, I love that question because everybody's different. Every yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to Saul Malone. Uh, we we did a podcast together, and he said he wanted to be a uh, dump truck driver. You know, whenever he was <laughs> like a child, and I was like, yes, that's so good. It's such a good one. Yeah. You know, I love those yeah. like obscure ones where you're like, yeah, librarian or a. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. Um, what kind of a student were you as you kind of like got a little older and got into middle school, high school? Oh, I was definitely the, the little nerdy teacher's pet. You yeah. know, I just wanted, I always did my homework. I stressed over not getting A's. I, I definitely was like a, I just, I wanted to have options mm. and school was important to me. And, um, Especially, so I saw, not to bring it back to Invisible Children, but no, I it. saw the I saw the Rough Cut, the original film, sure. when I was 15 at the church camp that I always went to. Nice. And I knew immediately that that is what I wanted to do when I grew up. Nice. Um, that, I think, honestly, I can pinpoint that moment as, like, completely changing the trajectory mm. of my life. Um, and so I chose the college that I went to because they had the number one nonprofit program in the country. And I wanted that degree in order to better my chances of working at invisible children. So so cool. (laughs) Yeah. And so I ended up going to that school, um, getting that degree and then graduating a semester early in order to go on the Coney 2012 tour. Yeah. So, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) I I just find it. So like even thinking about like, you know, we know like Jason and some of those guys now yeah. and like thinking about like when they started Invisible Children, how like no concept of what it would 
turn into right. to the fact what that somebody would want to go to college to study sp- something specific just so they could work for, yeah. you know, what they had created. Like, I think that's just such a cool, like, narrative. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I was absolutely starstruck when I met Jason for the first time. Yeah. Um, and I think now there's such a clear line from that moment to where I'm at today. Um, mm-hmm. And I can pinpoint things that I learned at Invisible Children that kind of, you know, gave me the confidence to just quit my job and move to Alaska. And it's the relationships that I made at Invisible Children that kind of pushed me along. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear those if you're willing to share some of those like moments, like go for it. We can jump around wherever we want. This is our our show. We get to do whatever we want. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I saw the film. I chose my college. I went to that college. I what college did you go to? Uh, William Jewell College. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a small liberal arts school in Kansas City. So <laughs> um, it's only about 1,100 students, so cool. nobody's ever really heard of it. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I made friendships and connections there with people who are also Invisible Children supporters, so that kind of kept that momentum going and um, applied in fall of 2011 and had taken classes at the right time to be able to graduate as soon as I found out I got the job. Mm. So that worked out perfectly. Um, what did you graduate then, with? What was your degree? Uh, nonprofit administration, psychology, and applied critical thought and inquiry. Mm. We'll unpack that later. <laughs> it's <laughs> really going. just, um, most of my classes were like, okay, we should just question everything and I was like okay yeah um, that's how I was about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah so it just it, it all fell into place so perfectly um I I don't know if I believe in fate but sometimes I look back at my life and I'm like maybe I do I know um, I'm right there with you I can't figure <laughs> it out either whether I believe in fate or not like yeah I I always say that I believe in purpose because I feel like there's certain things that have happened yeah. that feel so purposeful, you know, and right. call it fate, call it whatever you want. But yeah, I'm the same way. Like there's certain relationships that I've met. Like I wouldn't be here in Florida right now if it wasn't for right. like s- very specific things that had <laughs> to have taken place. You know, like you pull one pin out and the trajectory of my life looks completely different. Absolutely. And, and I, I look at that and I'm like, ah, like there's so much more. There's so much more to what's going on than we yeah. understand and know. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm in a relationship and I, we talk about how we met and the timing of it all. And we almost met a year earlier. And if we had met, then we would not be together. Neither of us were in a place where it, you know, and so things like that happen. And I, I look at it and I'm like, of course I believe in fate, but then sometimes I want to fight against that because I don't like the idea that to do anything but. yeah that you're like out of control like that you're not yeah. making those decisions which that's like an age-old debate and one that I've <laughs> wrestled with for yeah. so long but yeah I mean I I'm right there with you I mean my wife and I we we met on tinder so yeah. uh we were set to go on a date for the first time and she went on a date like the night before or the previous couple nights before mm-hmm. our date and she hit it off with the guy and she sent me a message and was like hey like I went on this date I want to see where things go but like thanks you know and I was like yeah. all right well thanks for telling me you know and not just like taking advantage of me 
So yeah, I like appreciated that. And then it was like three or four months later, she texted me again and was like, Hey, like, how's it going? (laughs) I was like, Hey, how's that guy? (laughs) And the rest is history, you know, but it's like timing. Like, yeah. And I've told her, like, I, I was dating other people, you know, like I, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like I was coming out of a relationship that I kind of had my heart broken and whatever. And like, I don't know that I was in the right spot to even date you yeah. at that time. Like, I don't know if we would have dated at that time, if, if we would have still be together, you know, and yeah. timing is so crazy. Absolutely. If I, if I had met my girlfriend at the beginning of 2018, yeah. I, I truly believe it would have been just a little blip Yeah. and then we would have moved on. And so the way that it worked out just, I mean, I, I think about it regularly and I, I'm, it's beautiful, isn't it? I almost want to cry yeah. because I'm so happy with how it worked out. Yeah. Um, and and it, I just I feel like it was meant to be. So that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And I know you're kind of telling this story, but are is it hard being in Alaska and being separated from her? So this will be so this will be our first kind of test. Mm. Um. So I met her after I got back from Alaska. Oh, okay. I got you. So, yeah. And so, I, which I also think is perfect because if I had met her before, I don't know if I would have gone. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that I was able to have have that adventure and be there and be present. And mm-hmm. now I will be able – I'm excited to get off the boat every day and call her and tell her about it. And, yeah. Oh, that's um, so We've sweet. talked about it – yeah, we've talked about it extensively and – um, she's so supportive and mm-hmm. excited for me. And then, um, you know, we're excited for for what's next after Alaska. Yeah. So, yeah. That's important. And, like, having that person that you can – that you're excited to call and that yeah. you can communicate with and talk and, like, make decisions together. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing better. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of started off distance. I'm living in Illinois, Um and working there until yeah. I go to Alaska. So it, 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 I think we sh- we're starting off with the right communication and the right mm-hmm. approach to be able to make it last. And so I'm you. definitely more excited about the next few months than I am nervous about, you know, are we going to make it? So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Good for you. Yeah. I'm happy oh, thank for you. you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. continue on. I We've, we've <laughs> Sorry. jumped around. No, we've jumped around. <laughs> we're all over the place, but it's okay. I like it. And... <laughs> It's, I'm learning so much about you because I don't really know that much about you, Allie. Yeah. Um, so you, we were talking about invisible children, kind of fate and some of those things like mm-hmm. heading that direction yeah. worked out perfectly with um, school, being able to graduate and then Did. go and work at invisible children. Yeah. And I, I think that working at invisible children during Coney 2012 to have supported that for so long and then get to be there at the pinnacle that yes <laughs> I like I feel like that was fate you know if yeah. I had been there for frontline or if I hadn't started until move tour I I feel like I would have missed out on something yeah um and even though Coney 2012 was one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through yeah um I feel like I was I was very lucky I had an incredible team um, and I learned so much and built so much confidence in the mindset of, well, if I can do this, I can do anything. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that kind of, 
is what is the mindset that I walked into future experiences with and mm. is what kind of gave me the ability to just do do it go for it yeah um, jump first yeah. fear later right exactly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to throw oh it God. throw it way back <laughs> to, to really drive this point home yeah if you're listening that yeah. was like one of our like mottos at invisible children it was like jump first fear later and uh I haven't really thought about that in a while, but it's so true. It, it's true, you know. The other one's what? Build the plane as it's flying. We did yeah, that. oh, yeah. We did that every day, so. Yeah. I love, I think what what you're speaking to personally is the empowerment. Like, we were so right. empowered to be the best. We were trusted. Yeah. And did we make mistakes along the way? Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. absolutely. But. It was get back up, brush yourself off, and let's get back mm-hmm. after it, you know? And, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It was a magical place. It really was. I can't yeah. say enough good things about it. And, you know, it's funny because, like, we get it, too, because we could be the the critics, but nobody else can. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, we'll, we'll say all the nice things always, right? There's plenty of things. Right. Every organization, every place has its, like, you know, the cons and whatnot, but those are always fun to talk about with, with people and how, like, if anybody else said anything, you'd be like, stop (laughs) it, you know, like, don't talk about that. But yeah. Yeah. So is there, are there specific moments or are there one, one or two or like, I don't know, are there any moments that you, you kind of mentioned that there were like moments you could pinpoint, you know, that have kind of like led you to, to now. Are there specific ones or like memories or thoughts that you have? Yeah, I think um, moving to Virginia in the first place was one where I had no, I'd never been to the area outside Mm -hmm. of move DC, which was kind of an overwhelming experience for me. (laughs) Um, And so I, you know, I was just going off of what Sammy was telling me and the fact that I didn't want to live in Southern Illinois and that's where I was. And I didn't know a lot about the company I was going to work for. I didn't know the area and I just, I just kind of went for it. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was just a moment of, um, you know, what do I, what do I have to lose? Sure. So, um, that's definitely one. And then through my job at the tech company, I was, I was presented with a couple of opportunities to travel internationally. Nice. And I, I almost didn't take the first one, which was to go and live in India for a couple of months. And, um, it was kind of that same mindset of, oh, you know, what do I have to lose? Yeah. And so I just, I went for it. And, um, I think that that was definitely a moment where I, I, I can pinpoint just that confidence and empowerment coming Mm. into play. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. Who are your teammates at Invisible Children? Um, Aaron Miller, Rosa Coleman, and Caleb Riddle, and Quinto, my first tour. Nice. And then my second tour was Briley and Rachel and um, Joffrey, Joffrey O'Chen. Okay. What an angel. <laughs> I know. I love Joffrey. Yeah. I don't – I it's the that second group. I'm, I'm not as familiar with those that group of people. That one, yeah. I, I just don't feel like I knew those roadies as well. I think it's because we were separated, you know, we were over in yeah. the, the new office for so much and or like the warehouse. I spent most of my time over there. Yeah. But I feel like that second tour, 
there's just such a distance between the office and the roadies because there was so much happening in both groups. Um, And the only time that I really interacted with a lot of the office interns was when we were at the roadie house, but I feel like I was never at the roadie house because I was always booking tour. (laughs) So I do, I feel like I was a lot closer to people my first tour than my second tour. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have Aaron on one of these days. So we're, oh, really? we're working it out and trying to find a date. So, uh, Aaron, oh. Aaron Miller. So get ready, the folks. Legend. Yeah, still yeah. still kicking it at IC. So it'll be <laughs> fun to have somebody from Invisible Children kind of come and talk and yeah, tell us about what's going on there these days and fill us in yeah. on a little bit of of her life. So yeah, yeah, I love that gal. She's great. No, she's she's wonderful. I learned a lot from her. Yeah. That's the that's the other part. Like I feel like I learned a lot about myself in the process. Yeah. You know, we talked about it. It's like going through marriage counseling when you're like trying to <laughs> to like learn about your team. You know, you're like yeah. it's the simple things. It's so crazy. It's the wider wheat bread. You know, like it's not even right. things you even think about. Like oh, what do you prefer? You know, oh, yeah. interesting. You know, like eating habits are a big one because you spend so much time in the van and you're like trying to meet everybody in the middle and <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody's got different tastes and things they want and yeah um but yeah I don't know I feel like I learned so much about myself just by asking those questions and like growing and, and learning about how you handle difficulties how you yeah. you know altercation whatever that might be you know like inner inner team you know conflict in some ways where you just at some point in time it's like siblings or I, I was an only child oh, so absolutely. I can't really say that but uh it's like you get annoyed with each other at some point in time yeah. you're bound to get annoyed with each other and so it's just learning how to deal with those and what you need and what your threshold is for certain things yeah. you know and you learn all of those little quirky things and it's a very introspective time as well and it was so interesting I don't think he'll care that I tell this but Caleb and I <laughs> we fought like brother and sister for yeah. most of the tour and neither of us could pinpoint what it was and then one day we just like sat down and talked about it and it was just it was all about like how we cared about each other Mm. um he was so helpful and and kind and wanted to do things for us but the way that i received that was he didn't think i was capable of doing Uh, these things like he would carry the heavy things and i was like i'm strong enough to carry the heavy things yeah and so it was just so interesting once that clicked he's now one of my favorite people on the planet you know i and it's just those relationships are so it's just so interesting yeah what you know living out of a van for 10 weeks will yeah but it it (laughs) it takes you into you know your relationship with your girlfriend now and my relationship Mm -hmm. with my wife like those are the things that you're like hey this is something like I'm yeah. doing this because I love you. Like, I'm doing this to show right. you I love you. And she's like, oh, you know, <laughs> or like whatever it is. It's the love languages, you know, like right. physical touch or words of affirmation or acts of service or whatever those things are. Like, those are those are real things. Like, people, yeah. you know, we've oh, learned absolutely. throughout the years. And, um, you know, quality time is mine. So there's days and we just have this understanding now, you know, and knowing, hey, like, we've been around each other, but we haven't really spent any time together. Like I'm, I need that, you know, she's Mm -hmm. like, cool, like let's do it, you know? And, uh, 
but knowing and understanding what you need and what other people and how we all function together and like this puzzle. And when you can kind of figure that out, you in whatever relationship, whether it's a friendship or whether it's your teammates or whatever it is, it's, it's like really important life lessons of like learning about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, so you said that you were 15 when you mm-hmm. first saw Invisible Children, the rough cut. And, you know, we've kind of talked about this, like you, you took this trajectory. What was it about the film, you know, where have you always been like an empathetic person? Like, did you always like care about the world like you do? Or was that like an aha moment that kind of changed that for you or opened your eyes? Yeah, I I hope I've always been empathetic and cared yeah. about the world. But um, I, when I was younger, I definitely would sometimes say like, I want to be a missionary or mm-hmm. I want to I want to go and help people. Um, that was something that I feel like I was always same at least aware of <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. Um, and then I think Invisible Children was the first like tangible oh my God, this has sucked me in and I, I like, I'm done, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just remember seeing it. I was sitting in the back of the chapel at church camp and I just, I, I was sobbing mm-hmm. and um, I almost felt a little helpless because I didn't know. I was like, I'm only 15. Like, what do I do? And then they gave us so many actionable things that we yeah. could do. Um, and I hosted my first screening when I was 16 nice. and I just, I felt wanted and needed and like I can actually impact something. And so, um, I think it was those actionable items that really, really kind of sucked me in and, and kept me there. So, cause I'd heard so many, you know, we always had missionaries coming to our churches and things yep. like that. And Same. the only thing that they, they asked, they were, you know, okay, we need money or we need prayers. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm, you know, 13. I don't have any money. And yeah. like, I can pray, but I don't feel like I'm doing anything. Yeah. And so. You can't see you know, the the fruits of exactly. your labor in whatever way. Yeah. Like, and so it was really the first time that I was, I was, I was like, oh, you, you want me to help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that that was, that was what, what got me. So. It was something I was always passionate about, but that was the first time that I felt like I could do something about it. Yeah. Mine was uh, Patch Adams, the movie. <laughs> oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah. Like, j- just him. That was, like, my one of my, like, turning points, I think. Yeah. was when I saw that movie. And I was probably, you know, same age, like you were saying. Yeah. I don't know. 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't know. Just uh, seeing, caring for people and helping people. And, yeah. you know, I... I was the same way. Like I was, my, my parents, I have this story that my parents always say, like we had missionaries, you know, at our house or whatever. And I said, I'm going to go to Africa someday. And Mm -hmm. I remember like third grade, I think it was, I did a report on Kenya and like, I don't know. It was just like interesting. And I never really thought about it until like later after Invisible Children where I was like, oh, I've still never been to Africa, but I like took part in something that was really cool. Yeah, um, you know, uh, I feel like I was very much. We all played such a huge part, and I think that's what's so hard about coming back into reality mm-hmm. in some ways. Like after life, after I see was you knew exactly 
the impact that your work was yeah. doing. And like, if you didn't do it, nobody else was going to do it, you know? And like yeah. you, it was important and you felt important. You felt needed. You felt useful. You felt like you had purpose and yeah. coming out of that where you're like, what <laughs> now what? Like, <laughs> was hard. When you were looking at college, were there, you know, obviously Invisible Children was an inspiration. That's generally one of my mm-hmm. questions. Like, what's what was your inspiration to go for this? Like, were the people that influenced you? But um, were there other influences? You know, did your parents have a, a say? Did they want you to go in a different direction or a direction at all? Yeah, my, I mean, my parents were so supportive. They, mm-hmm. they were going to support me no matter where I went to school. Um, my mom's best friend was a William Jewell alumni. Okay. So she was the one who kind of introduced me to that school. And then um, throughout my visits, my admission counselor, her name was Bridget. She really kind of won me over. Um, I felt very wanted. I felt like they were taking a personal interest in me. Yeah. Um, you know, which on this side of things, that's their job. So it makes sense. But um, between the two of them, it really, it made, it felt right. Mm-hmm. I remember walking onto campus for the first time and just feeling like, Oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just knew. I know. And, um, it had the programs that I wanted. It was a liberal arts school. So there was a lot of, a lot of other aspects that pulled me into it. Sure. Um, there were a couple of other colleges that I looked at. And I just, I know if I had gone to those schools, it wouldn't have been the same. Um, and I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have thrived like I did at Jewel. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I went to, you know, it was a small uh, conservative Christian liberal arts school as well. Bethel College out of now Bethel University mm-hmm. in Indiana. So similarly, like I, I walked onto campus, it was kind of the same thing. I'm like, this is where I'm going to go. I ended up yeah. like I had a, it was like a recruitment visit for wrestling and I was like the day that we were supposed to leave. And I told my mom, I was like, we can go, but like, I'm not going to go there. Like I, I already know. <laughs> like, so we canceled it. We just didn't go. And, uh, it's crazy to think about, you know, like, yeah, just know there was just something about it. Just like you said, like it's just something about yeah. it. I knew I wanted to go there. Applied critical thought and inquiry. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm bringing it back. That's, it really intrigues me. I think it's awesome. It, um, yeah. It's, Go on. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's a good degree. It's it's nothing too too special, but yeah. Um, you, like you said, is it you were taught to question everything? Is that kind of yeah? A, is it was it um yeah? Did you go through like the? I remember taking a class. It was a, my professor was rough. Uh, no longer works there. He didn't work there after the year that I had him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had the lucky break of having him, but um, like the A plus B equals C kind of like the models of mm-hmm. like critical thinking or like of uh, like an argument almost or like a speech patterns. I remember those like mixing those up and him trying to like explain these critical thinking concepts to us. Yeah, I think a lot. The thing that I really liked about the degree is that it was so well rounded, and mm. you had to take classes in different areas. So there was focuses in science, focus in ethics, fo- mm. focus in religion, and it just kind of brought it all full circle into this question everything mindset. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it was it was very it was just interesting to be able to step out of my 
my other degrees and kind of dive into these areas that I wouldn't have gotten exposure to otherwise. Sure. So did it affect your mindset or how you, how you see things or how you saw things before you took that course or this major? uh, Yeah, I think um, just, I mean, I got a lot of different perspectives, even on religion. And Mm -hmm. so um, I'm, I'm similar to you in that I grew up really religious and I no longer um, am. And I think that that was kind of the beginning of the end of it for me, like being able to, be in a safe environment and ask questions mm. and make that decision on my own to to decide what religion I was or if I was going to be religious. So yeah. I would say it, it had that level of impact on me and sure. um, being able to, to have those conversations and get different perspectives. And um, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I imagine that it would have an impact, you know, on the way you think and, do you, do you ever like see yourself now? Like I, I feel like those college years, you know, I was a Bible major myself, even mm-hmm. in through college, but I was really started to, to find my own way and realize that, you know, like I didn't know what I believed. It was like, I realized yeah. that it was what I had been taught for so long. And so that was the beginning for me of starting to question a lot of things and question not just my faith, but that was the biggest impact, you know, it was just starting to look at my life differently through a different lens of going, Hmm, like I've always done this or I've always said this, but is that really what I believe, you know? And it's been, man, probably since college, I I still feel myself, you know, kind of trudging through some of those questions, some of those thoughts of like, who am I? What am I? What do I believe? What is it that I stand for? You know? And, uh, why (laughs) you know right um and i think so much of my religious experience growing up my dad's a christian family counselor yeah and my mom is very religious and i think so much of my religion and you can't see me but i'm doing air quotes was that spiritual high after camp or Mm. the chills that come with the right song during a service but i never yeah i don't know if i can if i truly connected or if i just lived off of the high Mm. And I also knew that I was not straight from a very young age and I felt very burned by yeah. a lot of the, the teachings of church, especially when I was a kid. And it was, I feel like, significantly more taboo. Um, yeah, and it wasn't something and, you could probably felt safe to even talk about. No, or, or to, yeah. It just isn't that environment. Yeah. And so I think that I real I struggled with that <laughs> internally for most of my life. Yeah. And feeling this this disconnect of, well, I'm supposed to love everyone, but you wouldn't love me if you knew this about me. Mm. Um, I really yeah. struggled with that even as a kid. And it I think that was kind of once I finally accepted that and and realized that what was being preached wasn't what was being lived. I, I, it was a lot easier to separate and yeah. kind of walk away. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Do you yeah. mind talking about you know that experience of knowing you uh, were gay and? Yeah. Um, no, I don't mind at all. Um, I I can distinctly remember when I was a kid. Um, this girl that I went to church with. Um, said being gay is a sin and I was like what is gay and she told me and it was like <laughs> a light switch flipped and I was like oh no <laughs> I think I am yeah, shit. Um, and 
I I do. I mean, I um I I don't like the term bisexual, but that that's the the term that I feel like most fits me. Sure. Um, and so I was able to fly under the radar because I do also date men, and so yeah. for most of my life, I kind of was in this mindset of, well, you know what? I'm just going to ignore that half of me and just focus on mm. this half and and not ever have to tell anyone. Yeah. Um, and then I went through kind of a a rough breakup a few years ago and then um, dated a woman for the first time and got my little heart broken again. So yeah. kind of back-to-back heartbreak. And I just realized I, I couldn't talk to my mom about that breakup. I couldn't, I couldn't tell her the exciting things. I couldn't, I couldn't cry to her. And so that was the context that I came out to her in was mom, you're my mom. I, I was able to talk about this one, but I couldn't talk to you about this one. And that's not fair. Yeah. And, um, it's been a lot of conversations over the last couple of years, but at this point I can confidently say I could bring, um, a partner home who is not male and they yeah. would be welcomed. They would be my partner. They would be someone that my family valued for me. You know, as long as, it, as long as I'm happy, they'll be happy. That's There's awesome. still a lot of conversations to be had, but, yeah. um, but it starts like it started, right? Yeah. Like the conversation's absolutely. happening and man, I'm like tearing up, like thinking about that because like oh. just the idea of like not being able yeah. to tell, you know, like yeah. it's so hard. And it's yeah. not fair. It's like it shouldn't be that way, you know. Right. And I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for you that you. Thank you. Are being brave, and you know, you you brought that to your parents, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's it's sad, but it's I think it's true with so many things, and this is what I love about this platform, right? Crazy Face Uno and telling stories is that it doesn't matter. If you're straight, gay, you believe in Buddha or Jesus Christ. Like, I don't, I don't care. Right. There's so many other things about us that, that unite us, that are commonalities, that it's the things that are different, that are cool. Like they should be unique and be like celebrated, not like this barrier, you know? And it doesn't matter. I just don't, I just don't like that. I, I love that we can have a conversation and mm-hmm. show that like, man, there's so much more like, look, we look what we have in common, your proximity to, to people that you agree with or disagree with or whatever, oftentimes like affects how you see other people. And if we can tell those stories of people and be like, look, like we have way more in common than we have different just because you yeah. had this one viewpoint, you know? And, yeah. uh, I just, I don't like the division that I see in our world today. And I, I, I hope that through storytelling, we can kind of bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last few weeks, especially, um, the, my relationship now is significant enough that I'm, I'm ready to fully come out and be that person. And, um, something that I've been so impressed with is I come out to a lot of my high school friends and being from a conservative small town in the Midwest, I didn't know how that would go. Yeah. And I, I feel they've been so graceful and, and, and welcoming and just so happy for me. Yeah. Um, and I had one who said, I was, ta- I was just talking about how you don't come out once. <laughs> you come out over and over mm. and over again. 
And she was like, I can't wait for you to feel like you don't have to come out to tell someone about someone that you yeah. love. And that just really stuck with me of like, well, yeah, why should I ha- Why should I feel like I have to come out? Like, why can't I just talk about it? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the approach that I'm trying to take is just is be like not I like don't feel like I have to preface it with by the way I'm not straight I can yeah I say yeah my girlfriend and yeah. just talk about it like absolutely nothing is, yeah and that's what you did with with me even saying like hey yeah. I'm in DC and visiting my girlfriend I'm like cool mm-hmm. you know like I yeah no skin off my back like I don't care you know? <laughs> like like I didn't know you were but it's not that that's you're right. more than that you know like you're exactly. more than being gay you're more than bisexual you're more than yeah. your sexual orientation and who you like and who you don't like and whatever like you're more you're a human being for goodness sake you know like like you're you're more than than that and i i hope i hope you find that peace and that comfort as thank well you. yeah thank you i um man sorry i'm just thinking about <laughs> all of that and uh Thank you. I really appreciate. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously I never thought about the the idea of like you don't just come out once, you keep you come out over and over and over again. Yeah. And, um, you know, for you to be willing to share that on this platform, I, I really do appreciate that and I don't take that for granted and thank so you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Of course. And I think part of me is I recognize how fortunate I am in like my privilege of having a family that's accepting and having friends that are accepting and, and being someone who's not ever going to be trying to think of the right word, um, put down or, um, I'm never going to face any consequences from it that are going to genuinely affect my life. And so if I can comfortably talk about it and make other people more, a little bit more comfortable with it than, I feel like I should yeah. Um, because I come from a place of, of, of privilege in that. And so mm-hmm. um, being able to talk about it on a platform like this is, is I almost feel like it's something I should do because yeah. maybe that will make one more person more comfortable for the next person who has to talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm like, I, I want to celebrate, you know, these different aspects of people, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. faith or your sexual orientation, sometimes like this conversation, you know, with, um, you know, being gay, straight, you know, whatever you're the LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus community, it's honestly, it's, it's a lot of ignorance on my part, you know, and just not understanding and not that I'm not accepting. It's just, I don't even know how to talk about it. I don't know how to bring it yeah. up. Like I want to be super respectful and sensitive and, and, you know, like I, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable and I don't really care. You know, I, again, yeah. like I really think that there's more to people than, than just this one little piece of them, you know, but at the yeah. same time, I think it's very important to talk about and important conversation to have, um, especially in our world today where we're starting to, we're starting to make some progress, you know, yeah. and, and looking at human beings as human beings and not what they I don't know, just anything, name the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. And so it, it's hard. Sometimes I I just like, I'm not sure how to bring that or like mm-hmm. have that conversation, but I appreciate, I appreciate it. Of course. Sure. Would you, you know, like looking back, would you do things differently? Would you come out sooner? Would you talk about that more at an earlier age or is it kind of like fate? Like this is the way it was supposed to happen. 
Yeah, I I don't think that I would change anything about the timeline um, because I think one of the biggest things was my parents were not ready to have that conversation. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. When I told my mom, the actual thing that she said was that I was confirming her worst fears. Mm. Um, they, I think they kind of always knew, but I had never come out to them and they didn't want to ask me for, I think for fear of like offending or upsetting me. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. And so I'm glad that I, I waited until I did because I was able to come with context and emotion and I was, you know, her hurt daughter and her mom instincts kicked in and we were able to have a good conversation. Um, and I also don't think that I was like, I knew, but I, I, I was, I suppressed it for so long and tried to fight against it. And so I'm glad that I was able to wait until I was fully confident in, yes, I, this is who I am. This is what I want. Yeah. And, um, there wasn't any going back on that because I think yeah. that would have been harder for my parents to, to understand than yeah. coming, coming to them with confidence. So I don't think I would have changed anything. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm happy with how the conversations went and I'm happy with the progress that we've made. Yeah. So. That's awesome. That's like generally yeah. even just come not even in the conversation of like coming out as being gay or straight or whatever, but just in life in general, most people say the same thing, right? Like, you know, it's this experience that I've had. It's made me who I am today. And I, are the things I wish would have gone differently? Sure. But like there are life lessons and I've learned and like now they're part of my life. So uh, I think that's a common, you know, like a common place to to see. I feel similar, similarly, you know, like Mm -hmm. what I, choose now to go to the college I went to uh, probably not you know but like yeah. my best friends are from there like I would have never yeah. met my best friends I would have never met my wife these are one of those things right like I moved to Minnesota to the Twin Cities because of my best friend from college who lived there and yeah I met my wife there like those are like those little things you know like right. I don't know so yeah would I change things yeah maybe but <laughs> I, I love my life I'm I'm very happy yeah. with where I'm at so um, what would you say you're most proud of to date? Oh, um, <laughs> we're moving into the tough questions. We're going into the tough questions. I think the thing, and maybe it's because I am starting a new relationship and like really focusing on that area yeah. of my life. I think the thing I'm most proud of, my dating history is not pretty. Um, there's been a lot of heartbreak there for me, but I didn't let it get me I didn't let it like destroy any part of me and I almost feel like it was preparing we talk about it all the time I feel like the things that I learned from each of my relationships and my my dating experiences prepared me to be the person that my girlfriend needs me to be um so cool and I think I'm most proud of not letting that take me out um and I like I'm I'm so happy with where I am now that like I would do it all again. Um, And I think I think that's probably, you know, that's one of the most important things that you can do in your life is like fine for not for everybody. But for me, 
um, is to find that person that, that makes sense and just, you want to just relax into. And I, I'm proud of myself for committing to that and, and not giving up on it. Good for you. Thank you. That's awesome. You should be proud of that. Thank you. What are you looking forward to most in the future? You have any goals and ambitions? I know you've got You've got some some fun things relationship wise in Alaska yeah. and some different things, but what else? Um, so I think I maybe discovered my passion um, the last few months. I while I've been home in Illinois, my mom is a school psychologist, and one of her classrooms for primarily kids with autism, yeah, um, needed just an extra body to be there, and so I am that body. Um, I, I showed up <laughs> and had no idea what I was doing and working with these kids has been one of the most wonderful experiences. It's so hard. Yeah. Um, you know, we have kids who are nonverbal. They don't Mm -hmm. speak. They don't, it's hard to communicate with them. I can't figure out what they need. Yeah. But just seeing any kind of progress, I, I, I'm like living for it. It is so wonderful. It's so cool. And, um, I've always wanted to kind of go into education somehow, but I didn't know what that looked like. And I feel like this could be at least the next thing for me. Yeah. And so I am really excited to to go to Alaska, have one more one more stint there, and then come back and really dive into just the education sector and um, cool. primarily um, special education and yeah. see if that might be might be what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, that I think that that's something that I get excited thinking about. You know, I wake up and drive to the school and I'm excited to get there and see my yeah. kids and, um, you know, figure out how we can, how we can communicate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've worked in, yeah. I, until we moved down to Florida here, I, I worked in special education for about the last, you know, four or five years. And growing up, my mom was worked in special education. So Mm -hmm. it's always been something that I've been around my entire life. And it's so true, like those communication barriers that as you work and you work and you work and you work on like teaching appropriate communication and like how to understand individuals. And then when you see, again, it's the same, like we're human beings. It doesn't matter what you're, if you're, have a disability or, you know, you have yeah. autism or whatever it is. Like it doesn't, it's, it's not important, but it's treating people with dignity and yeah, just like a human being. And uh, when you can bridge that gap and you see that you need each other, you know, like you're, you're learning mm-hmm. alongside your students and, um, yeah. you know, like they're leaning on you. You feel that purpose for sure. It's hard. It's Absolutely. tough. And some days you come home and you're like, what did we just do? Like, what happened? <laughs> did we yeah. do anything? Like, did that, did that, did that mean anything? But yeah. And there's some days where every single kid is just not, not feeling it. Yeah. And it's just, and then you check the, is... then you check the moon phases and you go, oh yeah, it's a full moon today. <laughs> it's so, a full moon. Yeah. yeah. That's a um, real thing. That's a real thing. It really is. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, the, those are the hard days where I get in my car at the end of the day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. Yeah. And I don't feel like we got anything done, but then it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll try tomorrow. So, yep. and then two um, weeks later, you see this like breakthrough, and it's yeah, it means so much. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so cool. Yeah, so that's something that I'm definitely really, really excited about. Um, 
kind of di- really digging into and figuring out if that that might be where I go vocationally. So cool. We'll Good see. for you. Thank you. Do you ever think about your legacy? Uh, yes, yes. I guess I don't know if I would use the word legacy, but yeah, it's um, like the things that control. people would remember you by. You know? Yeah. Um. Yes, I do. I try. I I, I think about you know how how to make the biggest impact Mm. um, and what I want that to look like. And something that I think about a lot is I really want to, I want to foster kids someday. Um, And I, I feel like that's kind of always what I thought would be my, my legacy is just being like a good foster mom to some kids. And, you know, even if I didn't have one kid, that's like, okay, I felt safe here. Yeah that you know that is that I would that's more than enough um Mm -hmm. so that's something that I think about and just yeah just being a good friend being a good partner being a good Mm -hmm. person um yeah it's a tough yeah. it's a tough question. I don't know if I have an answer <laughs> to it personally. Yeah. So but like it's one of those that you know we've lost we've lost some people uh yeah. some icy folk and yeah. alex and you know when when people you know take their own life or we lose someone too soon it's it's hard and you yeah we hear about legacy we hear about you know the things we remember them by and it's something we think about you know immediately like your memory goes back to like yeah. these different things and the way you think of people and um it really has just got me thinking, I guess, in so many ways. And so I'm really always curious. I think we all kind of subconsciously have this like idea or this thing that we're like striving for, you know, or like yeah. we want to be remembered. We we have these things that are important to us. And, you know, a theme in your life is like helping others and taking care of people. And like you, you can hear it in your voice and you get excited about talking <laughs> about that. And it's it's cool, you know, and like those are the things that we'll be remembered for. And I don't know. It's uh. It's an interesting question. I, I honestly am not yeah. sure I have an answer for it myself, but I think about it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think about it even just like being a good mom someday. Like yeah. if that's my legacy, that's my legacy. I, I'm, that's more than enough. Yeah. So, um, I love that. Yeah. Looking back, this is, this mm-hmm. is my last question. Okay. And then we'll <laughs> okay. close things out. But looking back, what advice would you tell little Allie? Oh, I would tell her it's going to get easier. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, not even little Allie, just Allie of like 2016, 2017. <laughs> like, sure. Like it's, it's going to get easier. It'll all be worth it. Um, and don't give up on yourself. Um, mm. cause I, I definitely did a few times and had some dark, <laughs> dark phases. And, um, I think I would also tell her to just go for it. Like, don't, don't be afraid of what everyone thinks. Like if you want to do this, do it because missing out on things will be the the biggest regret of your life. Well Um, said. Thank you. Well said. Yeah. Any additional thoughts, any advice you want to give other people or anything (laughs) you want to say? Um, you can plug your, plug your, uh, place out in alaska yeah i was about to say if you plug want to go see, a whale, go see a whale like don't don't just say i'll do it later because yeah what's it know, called again then, what's your 
What's your place? Yeah, I work for Kenai Fjords Tours. So Whoa. let me know if you want to see some whales. I'll hook you up. Can you um, say that one more time? Yeah, it's Kenai, Kenai. Fjords Tours. Can you spell that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I can. It's K E N A I. And then Fjords is F J O R D S Tours. J. S J O R J S. Is that what you said? Um, S is in Frank. J O R D S. D S. Got it. Wow. Yeah. Man, I was struggling. It's a great place. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. Ch- I want to check it out. I, I. I would love to do that. Yeah. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a whale like outside of. <laughs> like in the wild, you know. Like, yeah. I've, we always went to. In San Diego, we'd go up to the lighthouse, you know, point or whatever mm-hmm. it was called, Cabrillo National Park, and, like, try to spot whales, but I never saw any. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, my advice is if you want to go see a whale, go see a whale, because it might change your entire life. You Let's know? do it. I'm doing it. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You've sold me. You've sold me. <laughs> Ali. Awesome. Let me know when you're headed that way. I'll get you on the boat. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Ali, thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah, you coming on and, and sharing your story and, and talking to us. We were a little all over the place, but it was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Shane. Awesome. I'm going to close things out now. All right. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. Please visit Facebook and Instagram. You can like and comment on our posts. If you want to go above and beyond, please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends and family or random strangers on the street. We're welcome to everyone. Once again, please visit crazyfaceuno.com to purchase our merchandise and donate. Your contributions help us tell more stories like Allie's and stories just like yours. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Appreciate you. Love you all.